0: plushcare.com slash weight loss
1: often we see numbers and statistics reporting on the state of the pandemic. How many have contracted it? What's the latest number globally? And what is the rate of recovery? Behind the data and stats are the thousands of frontline workers going above and beyond to care for those who are ill. So what happens to a frontline worker When they get COVID-19, when they themselves become one of the many cases reported daily. Hi, I'm Tristan DeLala from the TV show Nurses. This is Notes from the Frontline, a podcast telling personal stories from the heart of the pandemic. Today on the podcast, Montreal nurse and one of my best friends, Naveed Hussain. He shares his personal story on how he contracted and recovered from COVID-19. Listen as he reflects on health, human connection, and our responsibility towards others.
0: Hi, my name is Navid Hussein. I am born and raised in Montchalb, Canada. I am 36 years old, and I work at the McGill University Health Centre as a registered nurse. And I was also helping out as an infection control practitioner during Our COVID pandemic, I teach also at the Riverside School Board at the Access, which is, uh, you know, nursing assistants and uh, orderlies getting training. So I was doing uh, full-time there and full-time at the hospital. So 16-hour days. When the pandemic hit, school stopped. So basically, I had eight extra hours to help out. So I was doing my infection control practitioner work as well at the hospital. So my days would start basically at 8 a.m., and end at midnight, five days a week. Plus I was doing weekends also. So I was doing 12 hour shifts on Saturdays and Sundays at the hospital. A lot of hard work, but it was also uh, rewarding at the same time because I could see that I was helping. I remember the day actually, I know for a fact when it happened. I was working on Friday, April 25th. I was doing an evening shift. So this was after my infection control work. I was working on my COVID unit. There was a patient on the unit that was tested and it was, a, it was a negative test, but the patient actually turned out to be positive. And what happened was the patient was on isolation. They had them um, on isolation for tuberculosis. But because of the scarcity of PPEs and stuff, we were using N95 masks, but we were not using gowns because we didn't want to lose our gowns. Gloves and the an N95 mask for out TB patient actually turned out to be a COVID patient. So I believe I contracted it there There was also a mini outbreak within our healthcare staff. And so I feel like the conditions were right to uh, like catch it. Um, So for the first two days, you're asymptomatic. You don't have any symptoms. You're perfectly fine. Monday afternoon is when I felt a little bit off where I felt, "Mm, I'm not my usual self. I feel a bit fatigued. I felt grumpy actually. I believe I woke up the next day. I was supposed to be going to work in the evening. And when I woke up, I felt a little um, scratching in the throat. And right then and there, I'm like, I need to get tested. I went to the hospital, got tested, and it turned out I was positive. Getting the news, I felt uh, afraid, not for myself, but for my family and my girlfriend. Did I expose them? You know, my father's over 70, my mom's over 60. My, my dad has uh, issues with regards to his lungs. So that was my concern at that moment. For myself, I felt I'm generally healthy. I'm good, I'm gonna get over it. I'll bounce back right away. Those were my first thoughts. You know, telling, telling my girlfriend, telling my parents. My parents were fine. My girlfriend was a bit anxious. She ended up catching COVID as well. So we ended up going in quarantine together. Uh, which helped quite a bit not being isolated from someone because, you know, we're human beings, right? We're social creatures and this whole COVID thing and being in, the, in a pandemic where we basically have to spread apart from each other and cover our faces and, you know, not be our usual touchy feely selves has been very hard. <laughs> so the protocol was always in transition. But at the time when I got sick, basically it was Okay. You are now off for 14 days. You will get tested after 14 days. We have to get two negatives in order to go back to work again, and two consecutive negatives. For myself, I tested positive, I believe after my two weeks of quarantine, eight more times. So there was always some like uh, a reservoir of virus in my body. Even though I felt okay, I felt well, I was still not 100% though. I felt like I was maybe 60, 70% of my baseline, but I kept testing positive and I was off work for maybe about two months total. I was not doing well at all at home and, and physically not doing well. For the first two weeks, basically, I would wake up every morning fresh, Re-energized, ready for the day. I feel 100 percent. And by 11 o'clock in the morning, I'm drained, I'm tired, I have a headache again, my lack of smell and lack of taste. Uh, I'm not enjoying food. Uh, everything tastes like water. My body aches were terrible. Like my legs were hurting so much. I couldn't walk. I would try to go for a walk in the evening, you know, when no one's around, maybe take a walk around the block. And by the time I just went down the street, I had to go back because I was too tired and, and I'm physically pretty healthy at baseline. Um, I go to the gym regularly. I exercise and I'm pretty athletic. This thing, uh, knocked me out of my world. And, uh, it's just now, I caught it in April. It's just now in mid July where I'm going back to the gym and I'm feeling like, okay, I'm starting to gather some steam again. It was incredibly hard. Um, You know, you had bouts of nausea. You had massive sinus headaches. My lungs weren't affected, which is kind of interesting. But other organs were affected. I I did blood tests because my doctor wanted to know, like, what's going on? Why is it taking so long for you to recover? My liver enzymes went sky high, which is very rare. Like, my my liver was always normal, and now it's it's gone high. Is it because of the inflammation from COVID? They're still investigating. There's things that are coming out now that they're realizing that COVID actually hits different organs. You know, it's just not the lungs. So this thing is still unfurling. We're getting more and more knowledge about it. And I think over the next coming years, we'll see how much it's impacted people. I've always felt very, uh, I don't know, not invulnerable, but kind of like, you know, you feel confident. I've been working as a, as a nurse for 18 years at the hospital. So uh, when coronavirus first came, coronavirus, we've had patients with coronavirus before, years before. So I would walk in sometimes, you know, uh, you know, to change an IV bag or whatever. You wear gloves. You don't have to wear a gown. You don't have to wear a mask. Go change your IV bag and then leave the room. Everything's perfectly fine. So when this Pandemic. I was like, "Oh, we'll be fine. We'll be okay. We'll be ready for this." But when when the pandemic actually hit us, and when uh, I started seeing how sick people were and the symptoms, I realized this is something different. Like I would see people coming in who are normally um, alert and oriented uh, to place, person, and time. They're coming in completely delirious and confused, not themselves at all. Um, you know, the fact that they don't have family members or friends with them by their bedside contributes to that loneliness and that confusion even more, it really changed my my perspective on the the virus and the disease, and also the hospital as well, because I realized that we need to actually focus on um, becoming self reliant and self independent with regards to producing our own equipment and our own, uh, you know, devices so that we can be prepared for the next pandemic. Because just because we went through one and that we're still going through one. You never know in the month of October, or November, what might come next with regards to influenza or with regards to anything else. We we live in a very interconnected world. So um, disease can spread very quickly from different parts of the world. And now as a country and as a province and a city, we need to be prepared for the next wave. Yeah, I'm, I'm back at work again. Uh, people are happy I'm back. And COVID cases have decreased in hospital. And things are starting to revert back into the swing of things and to like the normal workload. The day I was supposed to come back to work, I don't know what happened. I woke up and my body was completely stiff. Um, my neck, my shoulder, stiff, stiff like a rock. I couldn't move my neck at all. It was really something bizarre and strange. And I don't know whether it was stress-related or whether I pulled something when I was asleep, or it was really weird, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to tough it through and go through this. But yeah, there was, I guess maybe there was some anxiety or something that was like unnerving me. And I'm usually very laid back. And I guess the experience that I felt maybe made me more afraid to go back to work. And I've never felt that before. I've never felt that fear. And, and I, I, I felt like I was ready, but maybe mentally I still wasn't. And I think that's what people need to realize is that this this virus or this disease that we're we're in right now, we're fighting, is something very serious and we shouldn't be taking it for granted. Uh, You know, there's a lot of debate right now about mandatory masks, social distancing, and keeping certain businesses closed. Prior to the pandemic, I would have been like, no, we're infringing on people's rights and freedoms and we should be... uh, allowing people to live the way they want to live. Having COVID and then experiencing the signs and symptoms and the possibility of exposing family members or friends who might be at risk, my whole mindset's changed, where now I believe mandatory masks are necessary, especially in an enclosed environment. It's necessary so that you know we'll, we can save lives and prevent this disease from spreading further. One of the hardest things that I think I've experienced with regards to work and being able to be in a hospital setting is the fact that we had to limit visitors into the hospital. So you had a a lot of uh, patients coming in alone, scared, fighting this disease that's unknown. Most of them are elderly. Basically, um, they've had other illnesses. So, you know, someone might have cancer and then they get COVID and their immune response system isn't that strong. So basically, they're they're dying, right? And they're dying alone. And as a nurse or a healthcare professional, you become their resource. You're trying to connect them again to their families, and you're trying to be that uh, the human touch that they need. For example, we had family members, a couple contracted COVID who ended up being hospitalized on the same unit, different rooms because we have private rooms, and they're separated. And there's no family members to come see them, and they're both alone, and they're not able to see each other at all. You're not even allowed leaving the rooms, right? So you're basically in a hospital bed, and they're both very sick and dying. And they're separated. And I think that was one of the more crushing things to you know, watch. Like, you know, you try and be like, Oh, you know, your, your wife says hello, or your husband says hello. And you know, you're trying to keep the connection going, or, you know, maybe calling, calling each other. But as a husband and wife going through something so hard, you know, you you would want to be at least close to see each other. And that was hard, like being separated from family members, being isolated, the lack of visitors in the hospital, totally understandable. But at the same time, it just felt like it became like a prison for these patients. You invest a lot, right, into caring for others. You're, this is a passion. When you become a nurse, or you become a healthcare professional, it's a passion. You you. You go into it first and you get educated and you, know, you learn the ropes and you end up working. But if you stay long enough in that setting, you realize the reason why you're staying in that setting is because you love the job and you love being with people and you love caring for those people. So seeing someone pass away like that is, is very hard and it's something that, you know, it stays with you forever, right? You're processing it and you're going through the emotions of it. But you also know that you have to keep going forward, right? You have to keep going and helping others as much as possible. And, you know, being, being a resource, being someone that's there for them and holding their hand and guiding them through, through the process.
1: Thank you to my longtime friend, Naveed, for sharing his story. We went to high school together. He was there at my wedding. We've had many road trips. I'm so proud of the compassionate and dedicated person he's become. If you want to give back to your community, Navid urges everyone to donate to their local food bank. If you're in the Montreal area, please give to Moisson Montreal. That's M-O-I-S-S-O-N Montreal. You can find their site at moissonmontreal.org. Thanks for listening to Notes from the Frontline. If you'd like to hear more stories from nurses, doctors, and volunteers, visit entertainmentonepodcast.com. We have many personal stories from those on the front lines. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, feel free to give us a rating and leave us a review. Or just share this story with someone who might appreciate it. This episode was produced by Kimberly Hakumen, Adrian Muhajareen, and Allison Brough. And once again, I'm Tristan DeLala. This season of Notes from the Frontline is brought to you by Entertainment One, the support of Global TV, the cast of the TV show Nurses, and ICF Films. If you're in Canada, stream Season 1 of Nurses now on the Global TV app. Thanks for listening. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend.